Today's sponsor is Sonos. Sonos is offering the listeners of Mr. Robot 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code ROBOT10, that's capital R-O-B-O-T-1-0, at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Every day we change the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything, it's slow, it's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just got done watching Season 3, Episode 9, titled Episode 3.8 underscore Stage 3 dot Torrent. I think the explanation of this is pretty obvious. Uh, This title does not need much of an explanation. I don't know, like we said in the past, if the extension of this name has any bearing on the episode itself. Uh, Torrent files are... I shit. I don't know how to. They're peer-to-peer downloadable media stuff. I yeah, don't know. It, 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 torrents are kind of cool at the time because they're one of the things that flipped the paradigm of the internet on its head. Usually, you had mm-hmm. a server that clients would connect to, and the one server you everyone got the same bits and they download off there. This where everyone yeah. has the file, a distribute a large amount of people have the file, and they give you bits and pieces of what they have to get a, a fa- the number one, make it more anonymous to download. And you know, that's why like places like the pirate Bay still exist because they don't host copyrighted content. They host, host links to it. They host yeah. the links to distributed files that have the copyrighted uh, content. Um, there's a interesting uh, email we got that kind of has a, an explanation for it. Do you want me to just sure. get right in there right now? Yeah, let's hear it. So V wrote, the episode's .torrent file name extension had me thinking about the new peer-to-peer relationship seen throughout the episode. Almost all the characters are gaining new peers, forming new power dynamics, and establishing new bonds. For example, Elliot summons Irving and White Rose in a complete role reversal. Elliot assigns Angela, or Elliot assists Angela in her mental instability, another role reversal. Darlene steps up to Elliot, becoming an equal partner in the recovery effort. Darlene and Dom hook up, and more importantly, Dom decides to support F Society's proposed recovery effort. Grant and White Rose hook up and, more importantly, resolve to eliminate Elliot. Mr. Robot and Tyrell have a vaguely sexual tussle, which Price comments on. Mr. Robot and Tyrell both come to terms with White Rose's manipulation. And most importantly, Elliot and Mr. Robot start to work together via the message in the mirror. So I think some of that is compelling, that you have a traditional top-down structure, White Rose pushing things down and Price pushing things down to a more peer to peer instead of a server, you know, authoritative server, you've got people on the margins working together towards a common purpose. And the question is, will that be more powerful than dark army and uh, yeah. the, the remnants of E Corp going forward? I certainly see on the internet that it has been more powerful than your, let's say law enforcement and copyright law right. and all those things combined. Yeah. Um, so potentially, yeah. It's funny because there was a time where I thought that like it was a it was a it was a it was a, a done deal that the copyright holders would essentially win control of the internet because mm. you know, after Napster went down and Nutella and all the other ones, yeah. uh it's like, you know, how in the world can you and then then you had these uh, the torrents and the, the lime wires and the- Yeah, you you had you, but but BitTorrent's kind of been the last stop, like mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it, they they continue to attack and try to take down like the pirate bay and different reactors, but they it's it's, it's just hard to because they're they're everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. Uh, I see. I I kind of read this, I guess, in a different way, which is that we are getting bits and pieces of the information that which individually form are the whole picture. Yeah, 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 and and we don't quite have all of the bits yet. We're in the process of, you know figuring it all out but because mm-hmm. i most... think there are some things happening in this episode that we don't quite understand I, yet. I, I like that interpretation too because there's nothing more frustrating than having 99.9 percent of oh, the torrent that yeah. you're missing the last bit and you can't do anything with it and until there's zero all. seeds and right. you're like fuck i'm right. never gonna get this right yeah so that's kind of and i gotta say this is the first episode of mr robot that i'm not quite sure about okay but i'm willing to extend it to benefit of the doubt and all the things that I have problems with are intentional traps that I'm yeah. falling into as a watcher. I think but, so. But man, there's just a couple things where like even buying that I have to assign a level of gullibility that I didn't previously think was possible for people like Darlene or Elliot. Like Elliot hmm. easily compromising the entire Dark Army network mm-hmm. seems like utter horseshit. Maybe Dark Army set a trap for him. Why does Elliot think? Why does Elliot not assume that? Because it just it, it did. It, it, How many levels deep do you go? I don't before know. Before you say, "Yep, this is the one." This I don't know. But like, didn't didn't that strike you as odd that Dark like this formidable hacker network with like a paramilitary structure and like all these safeguards and securities could be so easily penetrated and completely owned? Not just a section, a compartment. Yeah, I mean. Especially since they're opening it from like a like what's what what's presumed is a secure like terminal that would be very hard to like hack the entire network from. This is like their sandbox where they open known, perhaps compromised or threatening material. So like it would be especially hardened. Yeah, I I need to. I mean, we need to talk about that scene, I guess, in particular a little bit deeper because I read the the technical director i think or whoever whatever he is this right. consultant on that this. core guys was is his name no I, th- I think it's a different guy who's okay. like the the security consultant or whatever uh-huh. who broke this attack down and it was more complicated than i thought but at they first. didn't communicate that very well to us then yeah it's a tough thing to communicate though right i think unless you just have you know elliot narrate it <laughs> Yeah. Just voiceover. Yeah. Do it. Um, but for the most part, I really like this episode. I thought it started off shaky, actually. I don't quite understand what grip Angela has on Philip Price from the jump. From the mm-hmm. first moment he sees her, there's yeah. something about her. And I, they they didn't convince me of that. And that's something I think we are is certainly that's that's an ace up. Raim, uh, um, Raim, I don't know why I want to go Sam Raimi. Uh, Sam Esmail, Rami Malik, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. got the you got the Sam, you got the Rami, right? Tie in, yeah. Um, I I I think there's and the other thing is I thought that the stuff between Darlene and Angela was pretty inept too. Darlene and Dom. Darlene and Dom, sorry. You did? Yeah, I thought it was pretty. Really? But I think there's maybe more to that going on. But I I don't know from what like, I, I obviously we'll yeah talk I'm curious about which it. parts we will get there for yeah. sure. Yeah, but this is the first the first episode this entire season where I was kind of like, does this actually feel organically what would happen from these events and that these people would actually do these things? Yeah. It is kind of everything that I hoped we would start to see at the end of this season, which is the turnaround from Elliot trying to push forward this agenda on 
E-Corp to Elliot combating White Rose openly. Yeah, which is going to be, I mean, that's, that's as we talk, that's like a hard, almost unimaginable thing to, to yeah. set out to do. Um, yeah, the, uh, there's a couple of other things that I just want, like for a fact, the fact that this is a parallel time structure that like oh, it's it gets twisty yeah all of the things that happen with mr robot and tyrell you're supposed to understand happened the day before elliot wakes up to yeah see they own the fbi and like all these storylines run parallel concurrently but then like essentially at the end of the episode of mr robot is the beginning of the episode for elliot Mm-hmm. And that wasn't didn't make that that was very confusing the first time I watched it, but I feel like it it tracks pretty cleanly. Yeah, but there's nothing they use to really let you know those things are are happening in a timey wimey sense, other than there's no way that Elliot and Mister Robot can be at two places at the same time. Sure, I I, I mean I definitely caught on to what they were trying to do. I think mm-hmm. unless you're saying there's something deeper here, but I, I think the way they played it, yeah, it's subtle, but it definitely worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as understanding where we were in the time loop here. Okay. Uh, well, let's just talk about the episode then. Uh, before we get to the episode, housekeeping. Uh, the Mary Keaton Culkin, Mary Culkin Keatmas yeah. rages on. This is our annual Christmas celebration for our club members. Fortunately, you got to be a member of the club to participate, but we just did a whole week of Jack Frost. We're ready to kick off a week of live watching and podcasting. Home Alone. Uh huh. The holiday favorite. Uh, next week is Batman Forever, or no, not Batman Forever. Sorry, Returns. Batman Returns. Yeah. The last of the, the the Burton Batmans. Last of the Keaton Batmans. Last of the Keaton Batmans. Last of the Christmas Batmans. True. There's never been another Christmas Batman. Uh, so we're we're doing that, and there's a there's a super surprise uh, present for you uh, uh, around Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. That's coming out as well. As far as our non club stuff, we just did a uh, review of. Uh, the Disaster Artist. Yeah, that was uh, about the the making of the movie The Room. The, the the one of the the one of the worst movies of all time. It was very entertaining. Jim and I had a lot of fun watching it. And next week, oh boy, I've been waiting for this for for two years. Uh, the Last Jedi, the new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. We're going to be having a, a first run look at that out Thursday night. Uh, of course, we also have coverage of The Walking Dead. We got coverage of uh, Mr. Robot and all the other stuff we do. Uh, but yeah, check it all out. It's all going down at baldmove.com. Okay. Uh, we start off with a flashback. Uh, Gideon's trying to sell E-Corp on using them as their technology security vendor. He's failing until Angela comes in and manages to inexplicably enchant Philip. I don't quite understand this. Maybe you'll be able to explain it to me. After the meeting, he tells Terry, hey, you got to hire these people despite his protests. And then Tyrell also has protests and tries to convince him that he could build this security team internally, but Philip doesn't doesn't even know his name. Like he doesn't even consider Tyrell anything, which makes me question why the hell is Tyrell there in the first place? Yeah, and why also, not just bring in Terry? the The way they play Tyrell is his accent is thicker. Yeah, yeah. Like like this is clearly further back in the past where he was trying to establish himself and. Um, I, I like that they they added that little note to let you know that this is you know happened you know pretty far in the past. If if Gideon coming back to life didn't get you, I, <laughs> right? I Philip is intrigued by Angela, but this actually to me makes a lot of season two make more sense. That 
this was something like I don't you know we've got some theories to talk about in the feedback I I I know we're supposed to be intrigued by this and notice it and also not have the answer mm-hmm. so this stuff I'm fine like this is Raimi be like oh yeah this is this is new information that you're supposed to recontextualize and that's okay so yeah. I'm not bothered by it because I assume there'll be a satisfying answer to this question yeah I I hope so because it is perplexing me. I love the cute, the like they've really nailed the scene transition, the 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 title transitions. Like I really like that heroic shot of Tyrell in front of the all safe building. Yeah, and I read it as like the reverse shot of what we saw in that one shotter, yeah, um, where Angela's hacking into the the place where they keep their signing code, right? Um, the the hard the hardware validation. I can't remember I what was that the exact acronym? Yeah. Um, yeah, but but that shot where you kind of see half of her in that room and half of the crowd rioting down below, uh-huh. uh huh. I thought that was super awesome, right. kind of as a reverse angle of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From and the that, past. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting because that was we talked about how that could be like the mass of humanity that is unaware of the things that are happening, like just re- literally on the other side. Whereas this is like you know p- paints him as like this like where he begins his, like, godlike yeah. delusions, maybe. Yeah, and, and as naive as he begins this episode before Mr. Robot gets on the right path and clues him in. Right. Boy, I forgot what a massive asshole Terry was. Yeah. No, and he's ordering Angela around like she's a secretary. Or, uh-huh. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, ma- just a massive tool. He sure is. Uh, then we go back to the present day, and Tyrell is dropped off at his home where he grieves for his family. Apparently, there are no real consequences, and he's being treated as a hero, and he's the CTO. <laughs> I mean, he he, he is E-Corp under some this point. interesting restrictions. No international travel. Yeah. You have to alert the Bureau if you're leaving the city. Like, I probably some of that's Can't for his, a quote, CTO unquote, of a major corporation, <laughs> not on the list. <laughs> some of that's probably for his own protection, but, like, you know, that's... Uh... Freedom of travel is one of the things we like about America, right? There's sure. no papers, please, at the border. So it's almost like he's on a little bit of probation or parole. Yeah, definitely. Um, but again, it might be for his own protection. I don't. I don't know. I guess. So it's so it's not that the powers that be have bought this excuse hook, line, and sinker. It's that Santiago has pulled the strings to let him free. Right. Well, who are the powers that be? Santiago, the FBI, the people who have captured him at this point. I think I think that fucking presidents as white Rose Yeah, no, say. I think I think all of society has bought the official story, including like obviously Santiago knows the truth and but like the official story has been put out and and yeah, he was he was held hostage and mm-hmm. he was forced to do these unspeakable things and he and this may, is maybe even thwarted the later? terrorist attack at, in New York City and couldn't finish stop the others, so so he's with the FBI for three weeks, yeah? Where are you getting the three weeks? Because Elliot spent three weeks after Yeah, right. Um, it's at least, yeah. Attacks. It, it's, a, it's at least that long. And he, they captured him on the day of the attacks. He's now being released for the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's my thought. Okay. Uh, so Elliot snaps back from, from being Mr. Robot, and he sees a message that Mr. Robot left for him saying they own the FBI, written in soap on his mirror. Uh, he realizes it's the Dark Army, and he questions what Mr. Robot got up to while he was out of it. And then we see what Mr. Robot did, which consisted of going to Tyrell's house to confront him over the 71 attacks. He pushes Tyrell a little too far when he mentions his wife, and Tyrell's about to beat him senseless when Philip rings the doorbell. Okay. Uh, what do you make of all the things that were open on Elliot's computer? Uh, it looked like... So there's chain- a CTO... 
it, it looks like the information about Tyrell's release, uh, mm-hmm. there is Trenton's email, and yep. then there's also documentation about the FBI's Sentinel system. And right. In particular, it looks like some kind of change log talking about new features, about examining, indexing, and looking up things for large cases. I think this is this is Mr. Robot just looking for the vulnerability. Yeah, doing the legwork to try yeah. to... He knows he needs to get in a Sentinel system to get the keys, and yep. uh, this is him beginning that, that homework. Right. He's. I don't think he's figured anything out. He doesn't have the time to. Um, my my favorite line maybe in the entire series so far is when Tyrell, uh, Mr. Roa calls Tyrell a puppet, and he says, "Nope, no puppet, no puppet. You're a puppet." Yeah, I like that too. A lot of people <laughs> it's, didn't. This is, it's so like childishly defensive. Do you know the re- origin of this? No. Oh my God, that was literally what. He- Donald Trump said in response to Hillary Clinton during one of the presidential debates. Yeah, okay, that makes total sense now. Right. No puppet, no puppet, you're the puppet. Right, and a lot of people are like, that That took me out of the episode, but I think... Okay, I, well, I didn't know that, so it didn't take me out. And I appreciate, because I think, I mean, obviously, Sam Esmail's politics do not align with Donald Trump. Sure. I think the point is he's making is, if this grabs you as like a childish or immature or poorly written thing to say... Mm-hmm. How much more so than that that's that's the only thing our president could think of to retort to someone accusing him of being a yeah. puppet of Russia. Right. Like if this is poorly written dialogue and dumb and childish, yeah. well, it actually happened, deal with it. That's that's why I love it, because of how ridiculous of a line it right, is. Right. And like I said, when I was watching that debate live, I was like my head exploded. <laughs> like, how the fuck can you come back from that? And then then he's he's the president now, yeah, as well. I mentioned. So yeah, go. no, I, I like that too. But there's a lot of people on the internet that don't like don't like the uh, the the parallels that Esmail is, is uh, drawing to current events. Apparently, I think if I had known that, I would have had a more reflexive um, negative reaction toward it. But why? Because I I don't I didn't like the the stuff that they did in the Mar-a-Lago scenes about you know the the owner with his his hanging brain and all that. I was like, it's a little too. Well, the much. hanging brain was because I thought there's no way that. That's something that White Rose would. That's that kind of low, quote unquote, locker room talk would be something that sure that, that White Rose would be engaging in. Yeah, I I didn't like it from the perspective of it feels a little too commentary ish in a in a show that is more subtle than that. Huh. It feels a little too overt. Huh. I don't know that I would describe Mr. Robot as subtle. It seems pretty in your face about its themes and what it, its politics and. But it usually uses themes and and just like hints at those kind of things, yeah. or not even hints. I mean, it smashes you in the face with themes, but it doesn't come outright and say, "Hey, Donald Trump's a real fuck up, isn't he?" Mm-hmm. That's that's where I like start to draw the line, as in like this is not this is not interesting. What's the subtle way to make that point? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it's not that in my mind. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, luckily, I don't have to make that. Was uh, he going to kill Elliot here? Because he gets the blue gloves out. I think he's just going to rough up Elliot. I think Elliot. he's going to beat him to as much as he can, yeah. I I thought that he was he was going to commit murder. He might. Because why else do you put on the... Although he didn't kill those bums. Those bums came back for more. Did he so, put on gloves to beat up the bums? Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, that's though. why the gloves were so ominous when I saw him go mm. to the drawer and so open it, his, it and here's the latex. Gloves. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, Mr. Robot's wearing a, a coat that just came out of the garbage, so... <laughs> that's true. Maybe maybe he just got confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, it, 
I mean, here's a, here's a perfect example of the problem I have with this episode is it makes it makes Tyrell come across as ignorant, naive, and kind of dumb. Like the fact that he thinks, like he says stuff that uh, I earned this freedom. It's the least they could do. Versus Mister Robot thinking, yeah. what? Like, how do you not see that you've made yourself beholden to them? That you are now. Uh, 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 they've added you to this collection of puppets that they have. Yeah, I think that's his role to be a little naive. Hmm. I mean, he's been a little naive all along, right? With the the worshiping Elliot as a god. It's just like weird. So, like, I, I uh, one of these days I'm going to go back and watch season one. But like to me, his arc was well, maybe that's true because if his arc was to be the anti Elliot, then Elliot in his way and Mr. Robot in his way was just as naive because they thought they were the ones pulling the strings and it turns out they were doing the bidding of much par- more powerful connected people. So yeah. maybe maybe uh, you, maybe Tyrell is just not woke up as fast. I think that's it, yeah. But like, you know, until... Like Elliot and, is miles ahead, until as Darlene Elliot, would say. Elliot was just as naive and deluded up until the point that yeah. the 71 buildings fell down. Right. So I guess that's 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 a fair point. Okay, uh, we move on to the old F Society HQ, where Elliot shows Trenton's email to Darlene, and he decides he's going to go after the keylogger files, but Darlene knows it's an impenetrable fortress. He will never get into Sentinel, and she offers to help out by exploiting her FBI contact, which huh. we know as Dom. Exploit. Yeah. Um, Indeed, she's going to probe her vulnerabil- vulnerabilities. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. There's not a ton to say about this until we get to the actual meat of it. Yeah. So yep. I'm going to move on to Irving flirting with a woman while they test drive out, test drive one of his cars. Uh, the car stops running and Elliot shows up and he demands that Irving set a meet with White Rose to discuss stage three, uh, a heretofore unmentioned stage three. This uh, is, this is, I love this because number one, it's paying Irving back with his own coin. Like, hey, thanks for showing me that cool OnStar trick. Uh-huh. Now it's going to happen to you. Um, I thought he had hacked the car. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that he didn't like hack the onboard computer of the car. I thought so too, but when he said OnStar, yeah. I'm like, oh, he just did the same thing that that he watched Irving do. So yep. okay, that makes that that and, makes sense. And it's a lot easier. The right. human the human engineering social you, engineering stuff. Can you tape over a Bluetooth mic and have it? I don't know. Have it do that. I kind of want to do a MythBuster style test of because it mm-hmm. seems like maybe you could, but he only taped over one part of the microphone grill. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the important part. Maybe, maybe. But I mean, obviously, the point of what they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure that you couldn't hack this vehicle with an on on uh, always on microphone and use it as a listening device. Yeah, Something... or maybe even that OnStar themselves is listening at that point. Ah, uh, true, um, true. Because I think they would, right? Yeah, no, if you that report, makes a lot of oh, sense. Oh, someone's stolen this car or whatever. You'd start listening in. That makes a lot of sense, and also exploiting the fact that. He is speaking with certainty about the stage three that he knows Irving doesn't know about, but he also knows that Irving would be probably afraid to fuck up with something to, enough to kick it up the chain of command. It's, For sure. This is a really good hack. I, li- I like this part. I thought this was clever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about Irving's flirting here? Was he flirting? Was he just being a... I thought he was no, like... Uh, come on. Hmm. No, he's he's talking about, oh, I want to feel you. Push, hmm. push that pedal down. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's I thought definitely he was flirting. Just, I thought he was just trying to exploit her. Like you know, the fact he's just upselling her on a car. I think he's doing both. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, if uh, he can get her into that car and get himself into her pants, his, his used car a, game, used car game is strong. You really, nah, I think her, I, 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 I think didn't get that with old her. Irving, I think that's what old Irv's up to. Yeah, I think old old Irv is trying to get back to his novel, <laughs> where he can he can talk about the. He's uh, got to have stories for that novel. I'm that's just true. Saying. You got to write what you know, right? Yep. All right, Darlene meets Dom in a bar where she tries to clone the chip on her badge with a reader hidden in her bag, and it does not work. Which is kind of cool to see a hack that just mm-hmm. goes wrong. Right, it doesn't yeah. work. Right, didn't get close enough or whatever. Yeah, we so rarely see that. Um, there's something off about this whole scene, and the first time I watched it, I kind of I I, I noticed it, but I kind of relaxed because I'm like, well, you think Darlene's trying to play Dom, but maybe Dom's also trying to play Darlene a little bit. And second and third time I watched it, like there was a little bit of that where I'm still not quite sure what is going on but it seems like two women making very amateur and unprofessional attempts to hit on each other and either one of them should have been having alarm bells the whole time and the only thing that makes sense is if dom deliberately thought that darlene would try to do something like this so she lured her back to her because it was her idea to keep buying the drinks and like do all this Hmm. stuff and then but it makes darlene's like that if that's that 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 bails out Dom because then now Dom's the one that's caught this person and got leverage over her, but makes Darlene look stupid because the whole time, you know, Dom's saying things like, "Oh man, I have a really hard time sleeping. I don't sleep very much. I'm a light sleeper," and Darlene, as soon as she fucks her to sleep, gets up and gets busted. <laughs> and like, just like a lot of this uh-huh. came across as very amateur hour. Like <laughs> a savvy FBI agent could should see a criminal informant trying to work them. And the criminal informant should probably see that FBI might be trying to take. I don't know. Did, did you didn't you didn't think that anything was off about their no? I this, didn't this quote unquote seduction. I didn't feel that, and I or, or if I did, I understood it in the moment because she her first attempt fails, and she's essentially I, and I get calling that she gets audible, increasingly right? desperate. Like, yeah. She gets increasingly desperate. Right. She calls the audible of well, I guess I got to hit on her and get in her apartment so I can get the badge. And then, oh, shit, she put it in the safe. Now I got to go all the way through with this thing. Right. And maybe get the badge when she's asleep. Right. Yeah, so one thing leads to another in a way that I thought was plausible. I don't know. It just felt like a little loosely written. I I think the one thing that I wish they had had is a better reason for Dom, a better reason for Darlene to go to Dom. Like, if she had come up with an excuse no uh, the, like, i thought the dark army the, the shit has reason, changed i thought the reason to meet like i do have information about the dark army and they scare me and all like i thought that was okay but i wish he had had like an excuse like the dark army showed up at my door mm. or like the, the <laughs> i mean if the dark army shows up at the at your door you're dead right if you see leon and he's there to kill you you're done right but i wish she had like something that actually scared her not just the general fear yeah and then you know like yeah, obviously i'm not an expert on early or early to mid 20s uh lesbian uh sting operations or or confidence scams so like i don't know what a successful one looks like it just felt like as far as the seduction game darlene was i don't know why she would appeal to what i know of dom and also i don't know why when dom was kind of like roping in what i think Dar- roping in darlene which is what i think it happened to darlene was i guess darlene was desperate again it just she was yeah. it just felt a little thinly written and i didn't the whole hmm. situation i wasn't i wasn't buying on any on, on any real level okay um 
Angela is waiting on Elliot Stoop to show him the article about Tyrell becoming CTO as proof that things are returning to normal. And she becomes angry when Elliot doesn't believe her and then paranoid when a van pulls up. So they move the conversation inside. Boy, Angela. You still think this configuration Angela is cool? I mean, it's... It's not something that I like really, really wanted to see. It's she's just cooler into, than what she was, which was into nothing. Howard Hughes. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, she's lost her damn mind. Why? Because she believed in something that she she still believes in something. She has to believe in this thing because of the horrible things she's done in service of it. So, do you have you seen any of the theories about like that maybe White Rose's objective is more like a psychological manipulation, like a, a Manchurian candidate style brainwashing or a uh uh something along the lines of like a brain like a brainwashing that it's not like her technology is not so much rewriting history or configuring probabilities, but it's something about actually hacking people. Hmm. And that, like, this increasingly deranged Angela thing's going off as evidence of the aftermath of that. I don't know. that. I would need to, like, read some I just, support of that. I just don't like... I, I, I see no evidence of Angela being, like, having this kind of, like, mental breakdown inside of her. Uh, so I I'm mean, like, it, happens, what is... it definitely happens suddenly. Um, and I, I guess, I mean, the reasons that I go with it is because of that she's had to betray Elliot. She's had to Plus this kill is what, people. This is also what happened to Elliot, like, kind of, right? right? Like, like he had a similar mental breakdown at a much earlier age. Yeah, with the window incident. Sure. Yeah, so, like, there's, there's, there's definitely parallels there. It's just, I don't know. Like, the way she's playing it is, like, this infantile, wide-eyed conspiracy theorist, like, patting around. Like, she's, she's, she's just turned into a mid-20s blonde Howard Hughes. Yeah, she's like, had I thought, a mental I, break. I, I wanted to see her feet so I could see if she's wearing Kleenex boxes. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, like with the robe and everything, and her little fortress of cat cat poster dude. Like, she basically is, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is a this is a regression for her character, and I'm not totally on board with it. But I'm mm-hmm. willing to be patient to see where where Sam's going. Yeah, and I'm curious exactly who is pulling up and for what purpose at the the end of this. But we'll talk about it. Uh, minor tot dab, yeah, update, which again is the scale that I created. As a shorthand to refer to things that don't make sense in the context of social, political, economic status of the world. Curfew buses, curfew shuttles. Who is in the market for that? Like, and how is that different than like, a oh, taxi? Shit, it's, it's 8.55. How is that different from a taxi or an yeah. Uber or anything? Like, it's, 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 it's Is it's it? Pu- it's a public service, I is assume. It? Sure. It's a curfew shuttle. So yeah. it's paid for by the government to just make sure people are home. I mean, that's the least you can do. If, you got, if you're telling people, look, you got to be home at 9 o'clock, the least, the least you can do is provide a car to get you there. The least you can do is just start whomping ass at 9.01. <laughs> like, you know? Okay, fair. Like, like, like make whips out of electric cords and drive the civilians like the cattle they are. Like, the least you can do in a kinder, gentler military state. <laughs> it's just it's so weird like to be branded a curfew shuttle. Because yeah, it does seem like a government initiative, but it's like Yeah. Why wouldn't you just deputize Maybe there are they government? Because like if you're driving to get people home by curfew, by definition you will be violating curfew. So are these homeland security pukes they're doing this oh they're just rounding them up throwing them in the tennis court yeah it's a shuttle right it's, it's like it's but it's actually more of like a, a paddy wagon yep oh interesting it could be 
Could be. I don't know. A little, little, little bothered me. On I feel the... like they got it wrong though. You need to deputize everyone, 1984 style. Like, yeah. If you see someone out past curfew, you see something, it. call something. Yeah. yeah. See someone, call someone. Yeah. Uh, okay. Darlene calls an audible. Speaking of calling, and comes on to Dom to to try and get this badge. Uh, she points out. Or she she asks about her love life and points out the attractive oh, woman in the bar. Such a, None such of whom are Dom's type. Fucking right hairpin curve on this conversation that yeah. she in comes universe, out without the the flannel. The in universe Dom immediately picks up on like mm. on that, that's like yeah this this as I put in my notes increasingly amateur attempts at seduction. Increasingly drunken women though, we'll say that <sighs> yeah they are getting inebriated. They've had multiple drinks at this point. Uh. I, I don't know. I, I think super, super, and that's the other thing is it also seems kind of unprofessional by Dom's. I know Absolutely. she's lonely and, she, and she's she isolated it. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, they are lampshading it left and right. I just, I don't know. It, like it bothers me. What, what? That's that's all I can say. I'm not. It's not a fatal mistake. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting, putting a bookmark in all this till next week to see if like any of this stuff makes sense or. or or if it's worth it, but it, it feels it feels a little muddled narratively. Okay. Uh, Leon is waiting for Elliot in his apartment, which <laughs> freaks Angela the fuck out. She thinks everyone, including Elliot, is trying to trick well, her. What happened is she walked in, got an instant contact high from the trees <laughs> Leon was smoking. And <laughs> got got, super and she's paranoid. one of those ones that got, just gets super paranoid. Yep. <laughs> uh, so she leaves, and Leon says, we have a tight schedule. Let's, I like his going. reaction to Angela. Like yeah. how, like, you know... It's funny because Leon probably getting knows more than anyone that like uh, if she's acting crazy, it's not that crazy given the circumstances. But like the way he goes on, like he just can't believe like, oh man, you need to get control of your woman, Elliot. What's going on? Yeah, that's it's, great. This crazy, this crazy woman's got to go. Leon's awesome. Leon uh, is is pretty pretty awesome. And also, Joey Badass is playing the shit out of it too. Did you know that Joey Badass song was playing in the the bar sequence? Yeah, so I heard this. Like, uh-huh. is it called Chicken Curry? Is that the name of the? I think so. Yeah. Yep. So there's uh, there's an interesting thread on Reddit like pondering. Interesting. Does is Joey Badass exist in the universe of Mister Robot? If so, right. then who's Leon? Or is does is Lee? Maybe he's both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I think Cisco was actually a real DJ. <laughs> that's what that's what White Rose's project is. He's trying to split split Joey Badasses in infinite timelines, so he can be a hitman and he can be a hacker. And oh he can shit! Be... Chicken Curry is made by a a Joey Badass from a different time a parallel pi- dimension. Timeline. Yeah, yeah. Fuck! I hadn't even considered that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes you think. Stops to make you think, man. <laughs> All right, Philip offers Tyrell the CTO position. This is another flashback from where we were. Uh-huh. Uh, but he tells him it's only a title. He'll be a figurehead whose only purpose is to obey, not to think. And Tyrell incorrectly believes that Philip needs him. He's c- totally wrong on that. Is he? Uh, or is this more bluster and bravado? Because I actually... That's a fair question. I want to talk about that. Okay. Um, but Mr. Robot then asks him if he knew about the attacks, and Philip tells him he allowed them to happen. And he is a leader as opposed to Mr. Robot, who is a lone wolf. And and delivers that point as well as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. If you're such a leader, where are your followers? Mm-hmm. And that just stuns Elliot, Mr. Robot, into silence. Because he's right. Yeah, I like how Mr. Robot was like... When Philip was going to town on Tyrell, because Tyrell stood up and was like, I think you're just scared and you're out of moves. Which I think is true 
based on my thinking that White Rose has got the better of Philip. Yeah, I and then talk and, about and that. Philip's come comeback is kind of bravado. Mm-hmm. But when he says it's like, it's not that I'm out of moves, Mister Wellick. It's just that you're not worth one. And Mister Robot is in the background, like, damn, <laughs> you got torch, son. Let me Google the nearest burn ward unit. Like he's yep. he's kind of reacting as if he is the audience for that one. But then he gets his own. Sick then he gets burn. his taste yeah. of yeah, like you know the you the world does not happen. The thing events doesn't happen because of lone wolves like you. It's because men like me allow it to happen. Yeah, which. I mean, obviously Philip Price was in a little bit on the nine uh, on the five nine stuff, right? But I think, and this just goes, and and this this is the interpretation I'm taking throughout this whole scene. I think he is protesting a bit too much. I mean, obviously White Rose handed him his ass. He wasn't down for all of this. He wasn't aware of all the different phases and whatnot. So I think he is trying to keep a make a good face on it, but. Yeah, he's, he mentions in this scene, you're a figurehead I inherited from a deal gone wrong, which to me says that he is doing the bidding of White Rose here, but right. why? Why right. wouldn't this man, this obscenely proud person who refuses to admit defeat in any other arena, why wouldn't he not fight back? And you start asking questions like, who's got the better, like, White Rose talked about, like, you know, maybe this is fatal for Philip, that he's going to be, he's going to have to groom his replacement. Like, Philip's obviously not on board with that, but if you're from a public... Philip's got to be like a near disgrace CEO. All this shit has happened to him, and yeah. Tyrell, by uh, uh, contrast, is this kind of heroic figure. Like, Which I have like Todd Dab questions about that. I I agree, but I feel like the narrative is that Philip doesn't have near the juice he thinks he's got, and Tyrell's got more juice than he knows. So I think mm-hmm. we're supposed to understand that this is bluster and bravado from. And certainly Mr. Robot takes it as that because his next pep talk to Tyrell is like, yeah, just go in there, lay low, and when the time's right, right we can strike. Right, which I think is actually what White Rose wants. I know, I, mean, I that's, know. That's the thing. He's he's maybe he's maybe got the right idea here. Yeah. He's maybe playing into the trap seemingly so that later on when White Rose needs something of Tyrell, they can exploit that. It's to backfire in her face. Yeah, it's funny because like I ne- I wouldn't have thought this a week ago, but now I feel like this finale's got a lot of stakes because how often can they pull off White Rose getting the better of everyone mm-hmm. season after season after season? Like it's essentially the same thing. You're working all season to do something, and oh no, you just played right into White Rose's hands. Yeah, like how often can that that happen before the tide has to turn? And it feels like. Already, the events we see in motion are going to serve to uh, her her purposes, and that eventually mm-hmm. will get boring, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the the place where this, I guess, story that we've got going gets interesting again is when Elliot actually starts to have a fighting chance, or when we can see the the bricks being laid for that foundation. And I think that is in this episode where Mister Robot wakes up. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Mr. Robot and Elliot are both serving the same purpose, um, and they can unite, which they do in this episode, right? I mean, Mr. Robot alerts him, hey, they own the FBI. Um, they're going to start working together, and that, to me, is the interesting turn in the story. That's true. That's true. Where they begin to have more power than they had before, and maybe the potential with their – if they can build a following – yeah. To to combat White Rose somehow. Yeah. But man, how are they gonna survive? <laughs> I don't know. The it's it's almost like 
because they're not willing to do the things the White Rose is willing to do. Yeah, and like White Rose, uh, and and she operates above the law. This isn't like some competitor that looks sees his upstart and like, oh my god, they're going to eat our lunch. What are we going to do? Well, the solution is easy: you kill them all. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And and you have the means, motive, and opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I it's going to be a feat for Sam Raimi to convince me. Sam Esmail <laughs> to convince me that that uh, the Elliot and Tyrell and Mister Robot and whomever can stand against the full might of the Dark Army because they just made the Dark Army be that formidable and mm-hmm. I hope they find a way to have them compete on a on even footing without degrading the Dark Army because like in Star Trek the Borg was like the big boys in the, and then but Voyager because. Voyager sucks progressively made the Borg weaker and more inept to where like you know the Borg one cube could take on the whole Federation and Voyager uh-huh. you know fucking Janeway and and her little scout ship can can hold off multiple Borg cubes and their mortal enemies that for it's yeah. like you know same thing with Worf like Worf's a badass but he gets his ass handed to him for everyone that steps on that that on the Enterprise looking for trouble <laughs> right you're supposed to understand that that makes that person a badass, but eventually you start thinking, is Worf just weak? Maybe mm. Worf just doesn't know how to fight. Yeah. His human parents ruined him, took the warrior right out of him. I, like, <laughs> like is, if, if the Dark Army's omnipotent, Mr. Robot's newfound uh, po- uh, power should scale up to that. The Dark Army shouldn't just start tripping over their own dicks trying to get somewhere. Yeah, and I think the way that they could start to convince me of that is if Dom takes over Santiago's role. Yeah, but then the question becomes like, how is Dom invulnerable to the Dark Army? Yeah, because as the head of the FBI, she can certainly wield great force. Upon well, she can't be but... the head of the FBI because that's a real like they've established that Comey is the head of the FBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Santiago's like position, this branch, counter, whatever counter cyber terror unit, whatever it is that he's heading right. up. Yeah, yeah. If she can replace him, then certainly she can wield a lot of influence over the Dark Army and yeah. like really fuck up their plans. But they could just kill her. That's the thing. We've seen this shooting, right? Like, how careful would she have to be to survive a Dark Army attack? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, I don't know if I would believe it if they say, well, the Dark Army can't kill her for that's some what I'm saying. It's almost like the Dark Army is too powerful. Yeah. And I really hope they have, like, I'm what I'm hoping is Esmail, I, I walk away from the episode where, you know, Mr. Robot finally gets over uh, the upper hand and Elliot gets the upper hand over White Rose. And I'm thinking, like, man, what a what a clever son of a bitch. Yeah. I hope I'm not thinking, Ugh, ugh I guess I have to swallow this because I like the show. Yeah. And I just the stakes are so high and the power levels disparity is so great. I I'm worried. I worry because I don't want to have to start calling bullshit on this. As Philip Price would say, you can't force an agenda, Mr. Esmail. You yeah. have to inspire one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and hopefully he will. Uh, so Dom takes Darlene back to her place where they drink a little more. She shows off her Alexa skills, and then they bang against Dom's better judgment, I might add. Uh, also, Dom puts her gun and badge in her safe, which bums Darlene out, but she doesn't stop the proceedings. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, uh, Sonos has sponsored a number of our podcasts, and they've been pushing their Alexa-enabled Sonos One box. So it's not like we don't have a little bit of a dog in this fight, but... Mm-hmm. To me, it's weird that they make this Alexa thing such a front and center part. Like, in an episode where Irving ducks tapes over Bluetooth speakers, I've got an FBI agent with an always-on microphone in her apartment, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to just ignore that. I'm not supposed to ignore the uh, the hacking possibilities of that. I feel, I feel like that... Yeah. 
Like, like, were it not that what I'm sure is a pretty hefty Amazon sponsorship of this, like the like, what do they call that when it's a uh, uh, when the product is just product placement? Mm-hmm. Um, like, like that would be like they're never going to hack. They're never going to hack Dom's Alexa because Amazon would throw a fit about people <laughs> worrying about that, right? Sure, that it's is a, a huge, going concern it's a with huge, Amazon. It's a huge blind Alexa. blind spot that the show has, and yeah. like whenever they they put this placement in it, it sticks out like a sore thumb because in this very episode, I saw Elliot being aware of how products like that can be exploited by nefarious agents and and rogue nation states and whatnot. And then you know this Dom sure. highly placed FBI agent just Alexa this, Alexa that. She has nothing to hide, nothing to fear. Well, she's got a relationship with the criminal informant. All within the rules. I know. All within the I rules. I thought they did a her. good job of showing how. But that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of theories that say that all this shit is theater. Like, like, sure. I, and I don't know how much of it. Like, the the theory I think is the most persuasive is there's a cut from yes. Dom saying you're not talking your ass out of this to yeah. being in front of Santiago and he's losing his shit about how unprofessional. And there's a theory that says that Angela and – or, Jesus, Dom and Darlene had a conversation about we need to expose Santiago. The problem I have with that is I don't think Elliot would be able to communicate with Darlene about the FBI being oh, – yeah, he would have. Yeah, he would have because that's how the, – the, them beginning – I thought he – yeah, he began, began yeah, yeah, the conversation yeah. in the okay. HQ about so it. I, I like I that theory a lot, the fact that like Dom and Darlene are setting Santiago up to somehow expose him. Yeah, I hope that's what's happening here because it makes the most sense. Right. Um, as opposed to Darlene just spilling the beans on this – plan to get into the fbi files the most awesome version of the theory is they 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 did this whole thing and they were doing this this fucking shit show in front of alexa just so santiago could be listening in and <laughs> you know the whole thing was a performance because it does huh. feel a little performy i never felt that I well never... it might just be me it might just be me it didn't it didn't like it, it didn't sit with me initially and i kept on thinking it... on second watch this will make sense and it never did it felt to me like someone who was doing something they felt they really shouldn't do and they were uncomfortable with. And they did but... sell Dom as being crushingly lonely. Yes. Yeah. When she's talking to her Alexa in the first oh, sure. few episodes second, that we see her, two, yeah. it's depressing. And we know her love life is shit. And then right. like the last one she had was like a, a you know something that she had to choose her career over. So. And I just think she's bad at this. Like yeah. the the weird awkwardness that you're you feeling right. is probably just her being uncomfortable with the situation. This, this might me be be me just panicking. Like, like that, like, you know, that, 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 that they just haven't connected all the dots and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get panicky, but it's how I feel in this episode. Yeah, that's fine. Um, she has an e-kit. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Dom buys a bucket, a five gallon bucket full of shit that that, that she ordered off the faux Alex Jones guy. Yeah. Like that's the other thing where like the top, it starts driving me crazy because they're taking like that's shit that like Alex Jones sells for disaster preparedness and like some high profile uh you know televangelist are preaching like there's this a certain community that's all about disaster prep mm-hmm. is a young urban FBI agent one of those audience I think it's easier to believe when the disaster has happened yeah, maybe. Because like, I'm the kind of person who would not prep for that, but when I see the thing happen, I go, oh, shit, I need to get something here. I, but that's like, is Dom the type of person that would buy? Like, I feel like Dom would either go full-on panic room with 
30 of these things. Yeah, like Angela. <laughs> like, like I got, I got enough. I, I can, I can not leave this apartment for two years. Right. Or she would just be like, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the shield that guards the realm of men. I'll and if it, like if it, if it, if it gets past me, then, you know, fuck it. I just don't feel like a single e-bucket that would be – I don't know. Yeah. No, you're right. The single Maybe she's kid. up She's up drinking wine and watching late-night TV, and she's they like, Alexa, her. order me an e-kit, you know. She or, accidentally said it. Or, or or the Alex Jones guy on his show said, Alexa, order an e-kit. <laughs> and 10 million Alexas order e-kits. Right, right, right. Confirm order. <laughs> uh, ship now. My yeah. voice is my passport. <laughs> ship that shit. <laughs> But it's like it's like this kind of uncanny valley. Like I believe the aunt, the the Dom would do the full blown Girl Scout panic room stocked pantry, uh-huh. you know, like 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 missile silo in in the woods kind of thing. Or she would just be like, "Fuck it, devil may care." I don't think she would yeah. just like split the difference. No, this is the most half assed version of what she could do. Yeah, a single bucket. That's a bucket you can shit in and have some meals ready to eat. And, and maybe probably, a bottle of water. And, Aquafina. And, and, yep. It's it's probably got one of those uh straws you can sip a mud puddle through. Right. It's got it's got a crank Some flashlight. Iodine just as a backup. Crank flashlight with a built in radio so you can hear the disa- impending disaster. Yep. A really shitty multi tool. Oh yeah. The 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 finest that you can buy in a thirty nine ninety nine five gallon bucket. <laughs> Get them off AliExpress for <laughs> forty eight cents a pop. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to Angela. She goes back to her completely insane apartment. I was questioning last week whether or not this was a stylistic choice with the red hallway and the black inside of the apartment. Apparently, it's... She's painted her inside black. It is. I think it was, but we never saw her actually paint it. She does paint it. You can see that it's painted here. Uh, She packs up her stuff. She destroys her phone and takes... uh, QWERTY. Qwerty, thank you, um, and heads out to warn White Rose about the the problems. Do you think that she's talking to Qwerty? Yeah, or an aspect of her dead mother. And I think Qwerty is the redirect. I think Qwerty, um, but yeah, you could be right about that. Do I could you, be fooled by a smell. Do you think that the pictures that have the post-it notes over um, are the four thousand or, or take uh, a plus or minus dead people? I think so. Yeah, that she's wanting to bring back. Uh huh. Okay, I thought so too. That was my guess. Because at first I thought, like, are these a bunch of pictures of, like, Elliot and her dad and and mom and Elliot's dad and mom? And But no, I, I think, oh, she's the type of person that would probably be obsessively searching the internet for every picture. And she's going to take off, as they come back to life, she's going to take all the post-it notes off. I feel like she's gone to, you know, the walls where they hang up the pictures of people. Oh, yeah. She's made her. And she's just jacked those. She's tr- Oh, wow. That's kind of an <laughs> asshole movie. Angela. Yeah, totally. But she's lost her mind. Hang in there. Yeah, and she's she's just gone. Like I said, it's full on Howard Hughes. It is. And Nora's a call from her dad. Bet you like that. why you just hated how like (laughs) that was like you're like the biggest bugaboo you had last season how angela treated her you were like legit angry no she was a shit to her dad yeah yeah i really got you worked up so i thought when the one person who's good in her life and she shits all from her dad and she's like oh fuck him swipe left you know like that would really set you off yeah all right well shame on you angela tried to tee you up and you, you didn't spike it all right we go back to leon dropping elliot off with uh with the dark army Dr. Wang. Dr. Wang. Dr. Wang tells him, uh, takes him to White Rose's compatriot. I don't, 
I don't know his name. I think people are calling him Grant because that's the first name of the actor who plays it. But I don't think we have a name for this guy. Okay, it's um, White Roses. Like even the Mister Robot Wiki, Wiki, I believe uh, I, I looked it up, and he's still referred to as White Roses assistant. Yeah, that that but people relationship has Grant. totally been turned on its head. For no me this episode. shit. I thought he was an underling to be shit on, which constantly, is a, but it turns out they are more. They're a switch dynamic. <laughs> Uh, although, yeah, that's the other thing that I don't know how well it sits with me. Um, but I, this, this location is fantastic. Like the visual of this midnight rendezvous of this little square on like some kind of rooftop or I I don't know what it was. And there's just the, the one table sitting there. It was, it was really cool. It was really cool. It reminds me a lot of the powwow that, uh, 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 Zhang had with, with price, the umbrella scenes, you know? Yep. Like like they they Out they have garden. really good evil guy James Bond meeting locations. Yeah, very very green, but very dark in this scene. Super green. Uh, so he tells this guy Grant, I guess, that stage three is the elimination of Ecoin. They are rightly suspicious of an here for two unmentioned stage three. Uh, Elliot's eyeing the backup that they're making of the laptop the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a backup. It's not a backup. So yeah, this, what the fuck, guys? That's what I thought it was. Something that could somehow rapidly just take 250 gigabytes and smash it onto a thumb drive. I thought so too. It turns out it's the opposite. They are root kitting his computer to track his movements and his activities. Huh. Okay. So we'll get to that when we get to the final scene. Um. But yeah, it's it's kind of the exact opposite of what I assumed was happening at the beginning, and, and it makes the Dark Army look less stupid. Honestly, okay. um, so Angela's walking the streets where she runs into the copycat of Cisco before a van pulls up to take her away. Uh, I found it kind of funny that they're still running this scam on the streets, the CD scam. Oh, right. I assume that this is a CD scam and that you install this on your computer said, and they she, get all your e coins. And she's like, "No, I will not take your CD this time." This time right? <laughs> she's learned. Yeah, she's um, learned. She's hardened herself from such uh, social attacks. So she says, uh, she she looks at it and rightfully thinks, oh, this is all happening again. Things yeah. are returning I mean, to that's normal. her plan. Like, when she's talking to Cordy, she's like, we'll just hit the subway, and she'll get us just like she did yeah. before. Yeah, this, this white van. I don't think these are White Roses people. I don't think so either. But why would... Why do they know her name? Why are they saying they come with us? Is this... Are they FBI? FBI rolls up in black vans, not white vans. Yeah, flower vans. Maybe they're trying to change their image. Although the Empire had black and white. They had that true. both colors on lockdown. Yeah, they, they, so they, 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 they fucked things up with their monochrome. You need to go stuff. with like a lavender. You need to go with like a baby blue, maybe. I'd say crimson red, except for the Imperial Guard. <laughs> yeah, you know? Like it's, you know. They've got all the good colors taken. They really do. They really do. Uh, but I don't know exactly who these people are. Um, My one theory I had is that... You know how Tyrell had the government-issued face man who was like a private security guy? Yeah. I wonder if they're with that outfit and that and that, that uh, Tyrell is actually – this is something that Mr. Robot and Tyrell are doing to keep Angela safe. Hmm. Or you're right. You're right. It could be like, you know, I'm sure th- – was that provided by E-Corp? 
I guess the security, the private I guess security, face, government issue face man is still out there. He survived. Yeah, he survived. He survived. So we haven't seen him. Maybe Tyrell would still have him on the payroll, Was or he, he would he, he would have a phone number to call to get more. I can't remember when he came into the, the government scene. issues. Lots of faces. It's just not one. <laughs> That's it true. wouldn't be government issued face man if there's just one. <laughs> right. The government issue implies they're handing him out like T bucks. You know. <laughs> Okay, but I, I'm wondering if it isn't Philip, though, because we conspicuously start this episode with Philip eyeing Angela and something about her enchanting him. So maybe he's going back for a power play on White Rose. Maybe this is his key to he's like, gonna, White he's Rose. shoot both of her eyeballs at just be like, see, White Rose? <laughs> right. <laughs> Should have done this in the first place. Uh-huh. No, I, I could see him trying to make uh, a move on White Rose through Angela, though, because that's the way that White Rose made the move on him. Yeah, but and like, I don't know how. I was going to say, what evidence does he have that she's special to White Rose? Like, to me, that's like White Rose yeah. was fucking with Philip. Like, if if I find your teddy bear that you still sleep with, and I'm like, aha, Jim, I'm going to piss on your teddy bear, and you sent me a video of, like, you pissing on your own teddy bear. <laughs> like, okay, okay, I'm a real <laughs> dumbass for threatening to piss on your teddy bear. Right. I don't know. Not sure. That's to say, like a lot of balls up in the air, and I think I think that a lot's going to depend on this finale as far as tying all. Because you know, obviously, some of the balls can still be in the air across seasons, but mm. ask a lot of questions that has thus far have no answers and feel like felt like they doubled down and asked a bunch of other questions in this episode. And I kind of I, I definitely want some answers next week. Yeah, I mean, for for you know all the protests about the fake stage three going into action here, a uh, stage three is definitely going into effect. Yeah. I mean, it's not the one that well, Elliot describes to the Dark well, Army. Well, that's the other but... thing is, like, what's funny is Elliot's perpetrating like the Dark Army still has the goal of destroying E-Corp. Yeah. And he knows that they know – that he knows that that's not their goal. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that he knows. Right. So he still seems like he's the fanatic, like, oh, I, I now see E-Corp's lifeline and we got to cut it off and mm-hmm. – uh, this is the phase three, and like, will that actually work? Like, that's the thing. Like, with the fu- man, that f- I can't wait till we get to the final scene with White Rose. No, it's so weird because he's <laughs> he's I, I want to say inadvertently, but I think he knows this full well is that he is becoming dangerous to White Rose in mm-hmm. his actions, and he's telling them that he's dangerous to them. Right. Like the destruction of Ecoin, Elliot knows is not what they want. And yet, that's what he's proposing as the stage three. Why does he know why? Why does I don't think White Rose gives a shit one way or another. No, I I think I think she has more plans for E Corp. Otherwise, why not destroy E Corp? Okay, and get onto the Bitcoin train. Okay, but she has plans for if nothing else. That's E-coin. how that's how she jerks the chain of America, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And especially like putting Tyrell in place, she thinks that Tyrell might still be loyal. Right. Whereas, well, he can certainly we know be, he's not. He can certainly be, you know, exploited. Sure, or they know manipulated. All the yeah, absolutely. But but Elliot here is saying, "Hey, I'm trying to take down the thing that you still have see some value in." Right. When that is, in fact, his actual goal. Right. So well, I don't know that he wants to take that E Corp now. Like this season, it seems like he he's gotten religion about maybe E Corp is a necessary evil. Well, no, like, he doesn't want to take down E Corp. He wants to take down E Coin. Okay, but that's, there's a difference. But the takedown, right? Like I, I thought that 
I thought my understanding of Elliot's understanding of the world is that E-Corps are a necessary evil because in the yeah. absence of a power, something will fill that vacuum. And mm-hmm. the like, what you really need is what your preference is a E-Corp that's not evil. Okay. You want an E-Corp, not an evil corp. Um, so I don't think he wants to destroy Evil Corp because I think he's worried that even an even worse thing will take its take its place. Yeah, I mean but... maybe he has evolved beyond the undo phase, but I mean he's still trying to hit that undo button for the five nine hack. Yes, which in my mind would destroy Ecoin as the the common currency but because would... the U.S. dollar would be back in effect. Right, but it would probably it would probably help out E Corp. So and he right, and that... that that's my distinction between killing E Corp and killing Ecoin. Ah. Uh. Okay. That's why I'm making that dis- distinction. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell sometimes where people's heads are at. Um, so Tyrell realizes he's a prisoner of his own making. Wait, no, no, no. Darlene wakes up in the middle of the night, tries to sneak Dom's badge out of her safe, but she's caught. Um, this is where you were talking about that cut between this and her being in the FBI mm-hmm. headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go over to Tyrell, realizing he's a prisoner of his own making, and Mr. Robot says they can use that to buy their time, find a vulnerability which will take down White Rose, Price, and their friends. Tyrell says the DA has a man inside the FBI. The DEA? The DA. Oh, Dark I, Army. Thought said, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I got my Breaking Bad. I'm a Mr. Robot for a minute. Yeah, I'm sure they do. The NSA probably does, too. Yeah, it's Merker. It's that fucking Merker, man. I knew it. Hiding I knew in plain it. sight behind that mustache. Yep. Yep. Uh yeah. Uh they're gonna they're gonna make Tyrell a plant, I guess. Both inside of E Corp and inside did, of the White Did you notice the Dark that Army? Mr. Robot still doesn't have an accurate because he thinks White Rose and Price are like partners in world domination. I don't yeah. there's still a fundamental misunderstanding in the power dynamic and that they are rivals with 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 and not even rivals in the sense of equals, it's more of like a feud. Like, you know, one sports team's always beating the shit out of the other sports team. So one there's there's a one sided rivalry there. Like White Rose, I don't think sees Philip as an equal or a competitor. Yeah, I. Th- Whereas, now that you say that, I think you're right. I was giving the benefit of the doubt to Mister Robot and saying he's lumping them all together as a class of people. Um, but I think like, still like trying shows... to take down football by saying. I'm taking out the Patriots and the Colts. Like, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and all their friends. He's still like an ant from a perspective outside of a building and seeing all these people go in his building and like all these people must be powerful. He doesn't understand that, no, there's there's one person that's powerful. I, th- I think other, you're right about that, like, yeah. like, And I don't know if that'll be important to the plot. Like this is a, yet another misunderstanding that'll make him fall with uh, – you know, it's like every time he falls for White Rose's bullshit, is he going to come away a little bit smarter and tougher? And that's the story they're mm-hmm. telling, or I, I don't know. But <laughs> but but his his fuse is really really short at this point, and yeah. it's a terrible analogy because it implies that he's going to fight back and explode and kill people. But uh-huh. my point is, he has very little rope to work with here because now the Dark Army is actively going to try to kill him. If you believe this final scene. Yeah. Uh, before we get there, Dom and her boss question Darlene. Dom reveals that her and Darlene had "quote unquote" relations, and Darlene reveals that she has the keys to undoing five nine. Dom thinks this is a no lose scenario and is completely flabbergasted. Can't believe her boss won't take her up on her offer when 
her uh, boss tells, and then her boss tells her, "Go write a report." And yeah, I'm putting another agent on Darlene. Which and I continue to be impressed of how the Santiago guy, <laughs> Santiago guy, is playing this because well, he's fallen flat on his face. That's what I'm scene. saying. But yeah. you see that, like he is just racing for anything he can use for a pretext yeah. to to save his ass or the Dark Army's ass. And, and now it's inappropriate behavior. Right. Don't, don't write your report. Don't question me. Right. You're gonna fuck. Yeah, we got this lead, but you're gonna fuck it up because it's all gonna come back because blah blah blah. And but she, she points out, you know, I didn't break any rules. Yeah. Like technically, I did nothing wrong here. Yeah. You, I could be frowned on. Yeah. I could have my ass chewed. But uh, completely is, eliminating all of his feet to stand on. This could fix. This could fix the country. What ails the country? Right. Yeah. No. Why aren't you? going along with this yeah yeah that's the thing like i i'm kind of impressed that they've made it last this long but it does feel inevitable that that dom is going to have to join at some way at some level of f society yeah because until santiago gets swept to the side um she's never going to make any headway she now knows beyond a shadow of the doubt there's something hinky going on here and you either going to have to accept it or you got to go extra legal with it shit you know what i i think i just identified why this show doesn't feel quite as like societally cohesive as like a wire and i feel like there's no balance of power with journalists mm. there has been as of this point there has been almost zero journalism happening right and the journalism we see is like essentially mouthpiece for the dark armies right because the only balance of power here is the the people right um because so what okay santiago gets caught in his lies who's who's gonna come down on him yeah how does the evidence get out we need an we need a perspective from the journalists who can get this out to the public right report that santiago is working for the dark army the chinese government whatever he's doing here right because otherwise, I mean, you've got presidents on payroll. You've got right. the head heads of 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 law enforcement. Like, what is going to be his comeuppance? I'm sure, it, but wouldn't it be easier to buy off journalists than? I mean, if you if you, I mean, maybe depending on the, you know how much integrity they have, like every journalist, right? And that because just it only by, takes some journalists. Yeah, yeah I think because because I think you're picking out the edges of the real problem. Of the show is that like you have to swallow a certain amount of giant conspiracy. Sure. Like world government, shadow government kind of stuff to make this, right. and that's fine. Like in a science fiction or fantasy type of like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I don't think that has any bearing to how the real world actually but, works. But they're but... setting up a, a scenario in which Santiago can't be caught because if you believe in that shadow government, which the show most certainly wants you to believe in right. wholeheartedly, then you have to say there's no one that's going to bring Santiago to justice, right? Because or everyone if he's brought is brought to justice, it will serve another sure, objective that of the too. Dark Army. Yeah, right. But the real justice would be the people's justice, mm-hmm. uh, getting this guy out, getting Dom in his position. But I just don't know how what the mechanism is for that. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see. It's hacking. Maybe hacking. it's Darlene. Gotta, yeah. You got to go take it right to the people. Just just like uh, take Jack the channels, uh-huh. put on your uh, careful massacre of the bourgeoisie mask, and just, just, just give them a truth bomb. 
Okay. Santiago, a middle management of the FBI, is working for the Dark Army. Just put that on an 8 p.m. time <laughs> slot on Friday, and war over. War over. Yeah. <laughs> we own your presidents. We own your FBI people, because we don't know his actual title. Right, right. He's not the director or the assistant director. He's <laughs> but the he's head somewhere of, high yeah, up some, yeah. in that FBI he's thing you got. He's high up and connected. Uh, my favorite line in this scene is chew balls. <laughs> when Darlene tells Santiago to chew balls. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't like thinking about that phrase. Uh, but I think this is a ruse. I think they're setting Santiago up. Um and I chew agree. balls is a affront. Chew balls is the uh code word to execute plan Omega. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like. I do like the fact that like somehow these two women have cooked up a a, a trap for Santiago. I think that yes. they're that's that's definitely what's going on. Hopefully, we see the reveal in next episode. Don't have to wait too long. Um, so at the end of the scene, Santiago calls Irving in a panic, and Irving says okay. Which Santiago is not too happy about that response, but we'll move on. Uh, Did you notice that, like, in the background, there's a TV where the United States is planning a cyber attack against Iran in retaliation? And they're announcing it on television? Right. Like, you know, (laughs) a little bit bit of a tot-dab violation there. But I just think it's interesting how the show moves the bit, like, how the show moves the the conventional, like, on Main Street narrative. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, now it's just like the United States, of course, is going to strike back against Iran. Yeah. And, like, how is that serving the Dark Army's purposes? Yeah. Like, they're just fighting this false cyber war on... I mean, it's a distraction. Yeah. It's certainly a distraction from the true enemy. Yep. Yep. Wars are good for that. We go to White Rose, who is furious that her project hasn't even begun to be packed for transfer to Congo. Um, Grant, as we're calling him, tells White Rose that this is her own fault for not listening to him and going ahead with the attacks, which has caused a whole bunch of disruption at the border security and stuff. And she hears him out and he says that he'll go to their partners with a more persuasive argument also. And then the scene starts intercutting between Mr. Robot writing the message on the mirror and Elliot explaining his real stage three involving the malware. Um, and this this guy grant realizing that they're the target now of elliot and he says that elliot has to die yeah i thought it was just interesting first of all uh bd wong is doing like oh, this Jesus. incredible voice yeah. work because i realized as i was watching him scream in his feminine persona that like i struggled to do anything more than like a caricature of a woman's yeah voice. It's, it's a mockery of a woman's voice and if i had to scream mm-hmm. it would be even more so and like the way that this guy like because you know bd wong's got a pretty pretty deep and melodious voice himself like the way he's able to keep that feminine aspect even when he's shouting at the top of his lungs like that's a hell of a fucking performance yeah this scene bd wong's performance in this scene is incredible yeah i thought yeah and also like the interesting like the the power exchange that it seems like the Grant and White Rose enjoy having where and it's like so many subtle things like when she lets him win the argument at the end she punctuates it by speaking Chinese uh-huh which she had previously scolded to never do and his like not only is she letting him win on the surface but also there's the subtext of like oh I'm going to hmm. speak Chinese to you because that's something we've been fighting about all season long Okay, um, that's cool. And also, like, I don't, but I also don't know that she's really letting him win, or she's giving him enough rope to fail, or maybe to hang himself with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because she's just very like do what you think you should do like and also like the to the extent that she's using Elliot as like a chaos engine maybe she's using Grant the same way like uh-huh. I, there's so many fucking wheels within wheels of these two your head spins yeah um and also and the, the kiss whole time at the, end. the glass player is playing oh, these the, like, her fucking look when he says uh, by the way, this is your fault. Her look is priceless. And she, but she's playing these minor chords. Like, this is, like, yeah. really dramatic glass harmonica type stuff he's doing. But, yo, know, I like the... Because the, everything he's saying sounded right to me. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, but then when White Rose came back with, like, you, what you don't understand about Philip Price is that if I showed him mercy, then he would just be emboldened to fuck with me more. Yeah. He'd sense um, vulnerability, weakness. I don't know if that's true because it seems like he's emboldened to fuck with her no matter what. Maybe I don't. Really he's certainly know. in a weaker position to fuck with her now yeah, that true. he's he's got up to his ass and and uh, explosions. He's up to his ass and whatever, what whatever the yeah yeah explosions essentially fall out from that. Um, yeah. So it's like it's funny because when she says I think you're wrong, or when he says I think you're wrong, and here's the reasons, and then White Rose kind of acquiesces to it, but then he also. They meet in the middle because he's like, having said all that, I will now go back to our mayors and governors and presidents and congressmen and I will apply more pressure. Right. But also we're getting rid of Elliot. Like there's a compromise here, right? Right. Like you have kept Elliot around as your pet long enough. Um, This whatever you see in Elliot has not helped us. Let's get rid of him and let's do things mostly your way, but also my way. It felt like less of white rose being the final say so here and more of them being a team yeah it was just it's, uh, that's i don't quite understand the power exchange that's going on here but i know that that's you know that's a lot of a lot of powerful people like playing around with that like i mean it's something that's certainly almost tropey like every i'm thinking of like you know uh turns out don draper likes being slapped by prostitutes or uh-huh. you know what was the have you seen the punisher no. Okay. Well, there's a there's a plot line in the new Punisher about slapped a, by prostitutes. Essentially, yeah. Like this, like this BDS. He's got a he's got a femdom that 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 not not the Punisher, but like his high ranking general gets his ass spanked and whipped by. Ah. So it's like, I I wonder. I mean, I don't know because like they, this character is designed to play with masculinity and femininity and society's projections of that and not just our society and culture but other societies and cultures like china and yeah it's all really super fascinating and well done mm-hmm. but i'm not sure what it all adds up to yet no and i could see a worse performance like anything less than a stellar oh, performance this be... making this a train wreck oh my god yeah like this anything less than excellence this would be such a fucking mess <laughs> right yeah, no, but uh, B.D. Wong nails it. Uh, so this final scene, we see Elliot's hacking of the Dark Army, and I assume that wrongfully that this was just him having given them his laptop so that he could put a, a, some malware on their system. Mm-hmm. That's not actually what happened here. So what happened is the Dark Army put, according to the, the security consultant on the show, put... Malware on a, a rootkit, specifically on Elliot's system, uh-huh. and he has he he kind of knew that they were going to do that. They were going to track him and monitor him. So he went and he found the rootkit and he used that to 
upload some kind of PDF zero day exploit onto the Dark Army system in because any any files new files that he creates on his system, mm-hmm. the Dark Army is automatically pulling off and it's being sent to them. Mm-hmm. So he created a a document that would essentially introduce malware into their systems through their own malware that he would then exploit to get access to their backend. But doesn't that seem like something that, that... It seems a little foolish that you would monitor him from a computer connected to your overall network. Yeah. Certainly. Especially since, like, when I thought... But it's less foolish than, oh, we got a virus from sticking our USB thing in this guy's computer. <laughs> it's still, a, like, because... Again, when they first powered that on, I thought they were in some kind of protected workstation that was designed just yeah. for things like this. And visually, it looks like that. Yeah. When they show an entirely blank factory floor, right, with just with one a table single set computer, up, and as yeah. Elliot said, or like I think there's like a subtitle to the effect of like this is some kind of like what what would he's like some kind of checkpoint or. I forget the exact term of art they used to say that this is like some kind of firewalled, secured sandbox where they open nefarious shit like this just so it doesn't do this thing right it's 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 weird like and, a dmz sort of thing yeah and it's it's it wasn't entirely and the fact that it seemed like it was just like as soon as they turned it on oh i got the whole network yeah you know I, I, i'm with you it doesn't quite feel like the dark army should have fallen for this right but again they're just too fucking powerful and yeah but then again like that's the other thing is like Elliot's superpower is his hacking, so mm-hmm. maybe he does have this sick zero-day exploit that he's got up his sleeve that not even the Dark Army would know with all of their literal Dark Army of Chinese hackers. I mean, it's possible. I mean, if you... Zero-day exploits, for people who don't know, are things that have just been introduced that there are no solutions for. They're the, they're no, the hacks. They're the, Unknown knowns. <laughs> right, right. They're, they're the hacks that have just come out. Like someone in the lab has, has figured it. it out, and the person who makes the software doesn't know about it. Right. No people that run businesses know about it. It's it's literally known by one person, perhaps. Right. Hasn't hit the news yet. So it's possible that he figures out or finds this zero-day exploit and that the Dark Army does not know about. They look at the file, they mm-hmm. clear the file, and they send it on to their network, to their, their more permanent larger right. network right possible i suppose but that's but also assuming like, that's that the thing large like... dark army the army right. of people that they have at their disposal has not been perusing the same forums and also to means, find the zero day it also means that like they are not monitoring the network sufficient to see unusual patterns of trap like there's all kinds of ways yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell that you've been hacked Sure. After the Unknown fact. Unknown IP addresses connecting to your systems. Like, right, 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 right. Uh-huh. And the fact that he's like, I've got all of dark. Like, I just, I don't like that they dealt with absolutes, like not a small part. Like, like it's one thing to hack the environmental controls of Iron Mountain because mm-hmm. who the fuck would think about some, being vulnerable because of your fucking thermostat, right? right? Or, or the UPS is or the building U- up extra hydrogen or whatever, like Because yeah. the, the battery chemistry is off. This right. is like when he smugly sits back from this world map that's uh-huh. going slowly green and says, I now own all of Dark Army. I'm like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. This is like Superman punching Steppenwolf. Like, okay. I mean, I wish it was a little bit more grounded or tougher, but but what might happen is that this is a super rope-a-dope trap that 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 sure. Elliot has now walked into, and it's is all part of part of White Rose's design. And then I come back to my original fear of 
if they just keep having the Dark Army be one step perpetually above because she's got some kind of world simulator computer or whatever, like, mm-hmm. how much, how long can that be interesting? Yeah. Here's the other thing that we're not considering okay. is that there are, let's say, hundreds of thousands of people who are watching this show who are not quite as adept with technology mm-hmm. as we are. And that this would not trip anybody's radar except the people who have dealt with this on their day-to-day lives as their job. It's still the first time I can say that Mr. Robot's done something like that. It's the first time they've cut a corner. And every show does. Like like Breaking Bad famously cut a corner. Sure. And then they they had to, to allow Walt to poison Brock. Mm-hmm. They inexplicably had Walter White do a whole bunch of shit unbeknownst to us, the viewer, and they never they never did that before. Yeah. They had to cut the corner to tell that story. So like it happens. I'll cut them slack. I'm just saying like it feels like I'm seeing a corner being cut that they've never really cut before. That's fair. I I, I think I'm willing to let let them have that because I could not imagine a scenario in which I have to come up with hack after hack after hack that is so innovative that not I, even the most techie of people yeah. watching the show will see it coming. I just wish it was a, it was limited, more limited in scope. It wasn't literally him seeing this fucking like <laughs> risk m- global map that just like the visualization flipped. of it. Right. Like, like, I, I mean, it, it they did the only that thing we're missing the... is Dennis Ned- Ned- Nedry coming up and they, uh, uh, you know, like, <laughs> They they did that shit in the first season where um they they had like this countdown or something on one of the, the servers. Mm. Um or the, the visualization of the servers being taken over yeah. or coming back online or something. But that was a real tool that hackers used to track like, you know, people nibbling I remember at their there being something about and that it that was like that was the point right. it was the hunt. I, yeah, I know. Like I say, when you listen to two IT nerds that may, maybe for this is the first time where we don't really understand it because we're out of our depth. Maybe they've, but but again, I read that article, but I only limit, read they just majority needed to limit of it, the scope because like I just I just don't believe anything can take over all of anything. You know, like okay. what does that even mean? Yeah. I own the dark army. Like what right. if you said that about the United States? What do you own? Do you own our power infrastructure? Do you own our nuclear facilities? Yeah. Do you own the DOD? The like, people in charge of these systems? Do you own Walmart's you... internal network? Like, what the fuck are you owning? Like, yeah. when you own Dark Army, what part of Dark... And that's, like, it's just... Oh, I just own Dark Army. Their phones. Their phones. Their phones. Yeah. Their phones. They can't make any phone calls. They can't send text. He stole all their weapon skins for CSGO on Steam. Yep. And sold them and all. And he's selling them all for, off. For three cents. And they're just going to be so pissed. Fraction of the price. They had that... So pissed when they, they find that out. sweet fucking hat. Now it's gone. Right. Yeah. And you can't get that back. No. They had their own custom Dark Army mask that they made. Now those are sold. Oh, yeah, Forget those are it. slick. Yeah. You see a squad of those show up, and you're, that's your ass, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like I All said, right. it's, it's like I've, you know, it's one of those things where I sometimes feel like it's a probably unwarranted criticism because, like, you know, uh, it's literally the first time this season that I've, I've had that feeling. But on the other hand, you know, season two is a bit of a mess. And. I just I'm always like I think that's part of the watching experience. Like, am I the only person that watches these shows and kind of like I feel like so, I, I get so invested? I'm like watching my kid do a piano recital. <laughs> like every false note, I'm like, ooh, ooh, or they, you know, like I don't think you're the only one. Okay, I've, I've been on Reddit. Okay, yeah, but then again, the, the other reaction is like, well, stop being such a nervous Nelly. You're ruining, you know, right? Like, and right. both of those viewpoints are kind of accurate. So all and- I can do is. Tell you what I'm thinking. And if you take a, a step back and look at the bigger picture here, the things that are in motion are Elliot owns the Dark Army, the Dark Army owns the FBI, and 
the Dark Army wants Elliot dead. So now those are the two forces that are going to start to clash, right? Like Elliot's knowledge of what the Dark Army is doing versus their desire to kill him. Mm-hmm. And that's where the next episode becomes super interesting to me is how does Elliot avoid death in the face of what we view as like an omnipresent, omnipotent Dark Army? But if he owns every bit of their communications and right. strategic network... He can then... see them coming a mile away. He should be able to. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like, it's like like playing Madden with somebody and seeing the plays they're calling. Like, yeah. it, it suddenly becomes very easy to defeat them. But, like, that, that would feel like cheating, literally. Yeah, like if you um, just if you just have this Deus Ex Machina mm-hmm. hack, Deus Ex Hackina, that allows <laughs> um, he just it's just with with one exploit he can he flips the tables on. I don't feel this. I feel like it's earned. Yeah, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to blow up in his face, and just we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll to see. we will. But that's the end of the episode. Uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, this episode of Two Bit Encryption is sponsored by Sonos. Sure is who would love nothing more than to fill your house with awesome sounds from your music collection and your TV and movie library. Uh, Also, heartily uh, endorsed by one FBI agent, Dom Perino. What? Peregrino. Peregrino. Uh, That's not her name, but... Uh, she loves it, and she's an FBI agent, so you can't go wrong. That's it. So the newest models of Sonos uh, One speaker technology have Alexa built right into it. Yep, she's just she's just trapped in that little speaker, and uh, you can you can speak to her and 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 get your daily five nine, which mm-hmm. uh, I'm not is a thing. I I don't know if people are aware of this, but she says, "Give me the daily five nine. You can do this on a, a Sonos One. This is speaker. another one of their alternate reality games. You can actually do get the Daily Five Nine, and it'll, it'll send you on a, a secret mission to China. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, it's <laughs> it's this interactive. I have bought choose your own to Beijing. Yeah, it's like a choose your own adventure sort of game that you play with Alexa, and she describes the scenario to you, and you get to choose what you do and see how far you can get in it, essentially before you're arrested by Dom, the yeah. FBI. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was kind of cool that they tied that in, because it, when they said that, I remembered, oh, shit, yeah, I can do this on my Sonos now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and I did it, and I realized, oh, I actually don't have time right at this moment to do it, so I had to say, Alexa, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but That explains all the, the, the Asian men in masks hanging outside her office. <laughs> You started. So you can't stop. You started something. You can't stop. No, no, no. I promise you, there will be no Asian men in masks showing up if you use a Sonos One device. What about sleazy car this. salesman? Um, not unwelcomed. You have to go to Irving's shop. Okay. To really and to be fair, be he'll involved. cut you a, cut you a fair deal. Sure. On a yeah. top notch automotive machine. Right. So why are we talking about the five nine? Uh, because Alec- the the Alexa integration of Sonos is pretty awesome. If you haven't tried the voice activated stuff, uh, it's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, being able to cha- turn up the volume when you turn on the water to wash dishes, or change tracks with your hands wet, or your like, you know, recently I was uh, hands deep inside a turkey. And uh, a little, little too schmaltzy of Christmas music came up, and I said, "Hey, Alexa, skip track," and yeah. she did it. Mm-hmm. She did it. She'll tell me what the temperature is, what my commute's going to be like, what the daily five nine is. I can order stuff off Amazon. It's super cool, and this is all on top of the superior Sonos speaker technology because these things are the size like the, these one speakers are the size of like a coffee can, and they sound amazing, and they're super easy to, to set up. You don't mm-hmm. have to have anything but power. 
and and the the and download the Sonos app, and it takes you through the rest of the setup process, which is quick and easy and painless. It's, yeah, it's it's magical. All Wi-Fi, which has a host of advantages, like not getting disconnected when you leave the room and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, really, really good system. And if you set them up in like a five point one home theater configuration they sound really great you can mesh them throughout the house to like you can play different things in different rooms or you can have the whole house rock into the same beat it's 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 super flexible it sounds great and they have a special deal for our our listeners they do right now they're offering the listeners of two-bit encryption 10 percent off one order of 2500 dollars or less for any product on sonos.com you can go there to Sonos.com and use the promo code ROBOT10. That's capital R-O-B-O-T-1-0 at Sonos.com to receive the offer. You cannot combine it with other discounts or promotions, and it's a limited time only. So act now if you are looking to play the 5.9 game or if you're looking for a really good home theater system. Or, or if even, you want a uh, kick-ass Christmas present for a, a, a yeah. tough person because they're going like, you know, read. It's not just us saying this. Read the reviews. Like it, it's, uh, I don't know if you can find a bad one because they sound awesome. They're easy to set up, they do. and they do they do what they, they they do what they say on the tin. Sonos.com, robot one zero. Uh, this podcast also sponsored by us, baldmove.com, specifically our club at club.baldmove.com. It's a great way to support us if you like what we're doing. Uh, and honestly, if we weren't doing this full time, we probably wouldn't be doing the Mister Robot podcast. We'd be doing the biggest. The biggest show at the time, which is probably The Walking Dead, and we'd be much sadder and poorer for it. <laughs> uh, so thanks. Poor, thanks for... Poorer of spirit, not poorer of wallet. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, like doing it full-time allows us to do some of the smaller, maybe the less popular shows, but it's still worthy. Things like Fargo and uh, uh, The Leftovers and now Mr. Robot. Uh, so if you appreciate the coverage that we do, uh, please go to the club.baldmove. No obligation. Just go to club.baldmove.com. Uh, you can sample the different uh, bonus features that you can get. Uh, you can try it free for 30 days. You get a risk-free 30-day trial by going to club.baldmove.com and signing up. Uh, there's ad-free feeds. There's extended uh, uh, bonus audio and video content. Um, Still working on those interactive features that Sonos got. Yeah. Sonos has got to speed with the five nine daily five nine. What the daily club? We're working on the interactive stuff. The daily club, where yeah. me or Jim shows up and 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 hits you with a bacon turkey sandwich. <laughs> That's something that people would pay for, right? We just, for sure, just, just, at least cause... like six ninety five, the cost of a club sandwich or something. <laughs> if McAllisters can do it, Bald Move can do damn it. Damn straight, <laughs> damn straight. And if you can catch it, hey, it's a tasty, it's a tasty club. Uh, <laughs> join the club, club.baldmove.com. Feedback. Yes, let's get the feedback. You can send that in to robot at baldmove.com. First up, Sean McSee with some points from last episode. I was listening to your episode 3.07 pod while walking my dog. It was terrible. And walking the dog, is that a euphemism for something? Uh, No, he's just walking his dog. Taking taking Flipper for a walk. (laughs) Felt the need to point out something about your brief two Elaine's conversation. Marty's mom is Lorraine, FYI. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. You Elaine, can see why Lorraine, I might mistake yeah. those, yes? There's just too many Ain names. Uh, anyways, removing the shoes that was significant there, with the costume woman walks out complaining about the get-up, uh, the alternate universe married to Biff Lorraine wore to Back to the Future 2. She takes off her shoes, leading Ellie to remember that Muhammad had said uh, about Trenton tripping over herself when she tried to take off her shoes when they entered a mosque. Okay. Immediately after that, he flags an ice cream truck driving rabbi and asks about the nearest mosque. So this is reminding him about the mosque? Yeah, apparently. To go there? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So he, okay. that, that made the connection sure. story. That that tracks. Yeah. That tracks. I mean, I, to me, I didn't need it because I'm like, 
he's a Muslim kid. He's lost in the city. One of the things you might try is I just thought that that was just him trying that. But like, there's a the direct connection. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob M. Uh, hey, I was taught dab wondering if you taught dab found some podcast taught dab that spoke more taught dab intelligently about. Se- okay, let me stop you there, Bob. I created fucking Tot Dab because of previous reactions to people not appreciating me taking five to ten minutes to talk about the bullshit that I didn't like about what they were doing, the socio-political and economic situation of podcasts. If those efforts are not appreciated, I will be happy to bloviate 15 minutes or so about how unconvincing and, and thin and pastiche I find it all. <laughs> right. But I invented Tot Dab so that people could just like... Oh, it's Aaron talking about Tot Dab. It'll be gone in 30 seconds, and we can move on with our lives. Right. And also... So go Tot Dab yourself. Also, I explain literally every episode <laughs> what Tot Dab means. It's that one thing that drives Aaron batshit. Which I feel like now we need a term for that. So we can just describe... We can... Right. We can describe... We can say a term that will describe what Tot Dab means so that we don't have to describe what Tot Dab means. It's, we need a dissatisfaction with Tot Dab. The Twat Dab. Twat Dab. <laughs> and Bob M can leave the Twat Dab Brigade... Okay, uh, and then you'll have to now explain what Twat Dab is every time. Right, right. See, it's 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 it's, it's a monster that's been created. Yeah. So, uh, David says, much like you weren't sure whether to assign meaning to stylistic move uh, from the sixteen to nine aspect ratio to CinemaScope, I have a question about something that's been happening all season. Certain scenes have a ticking clock in the background. Some, mm. but not all, of the scenes with Elliot at the therapist house. Some, but not all, of the scenes where he's working at E Corp. And some, but not all, of the scenes with Elliot and Angela. We know that time itself has an oversized presence on the show, but is this just a tension ploy they're randomly using in certain scenes, or is there meaning assigned to the scenes that have the ticking clock? Man, if this were any other show, I would say you are safe to ignore it. In this show, I, I don't know. This could be super significant. I mean, we but do I have know no take that on the it. White Rose is obsessed with time. She's right. obsessed with clocks. She's obsessed with the keeping of time. She precisely measures out her meetings and all that stuff, so... I don't think it's immediately obvious what they're going with it now, but I would not be surprised if when this is all said and done, you have a crack.com style, five things you didn't know about Mr. Robot. And this, mm-hmm. this, this, it only ticked at certain scenes that if you pull them out and watch them, that's the actual timeline that's, that, that is authorized by the white rose universe. I, I don't know. I haven't seen any compelling theory about what that is beyond just a, you know, like there's this this shit happened in uh, Dunkirk all the time, and it wasn't because White Rose was manipulating the Nazis' sense of time. It was just like like he suggests here, uh, David suggests it just builds tension. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like you, that's something that Cecily and I have noticed that like when we're playing Fortnite, uh, anytime that you know the player is about to constrict, it plays like five seconds of a ticking clock, and it drives a fucking baddie. Because you don't you don't you, it, it it even if even if you. Like, hearing a ticking clock just makes you tense. Sure. That's what it's there for. So it could just be artistic purposes. But... It reminds you of your mortality. <laughs> right. You don't want that. Right. It reminds you you're going to have to wind this thing here pretty soon. <laughs> uh, Justin B., now the storyline is just about caught up to the weird date issue from the series premiere. Can we revisit the topic? Just to clarify, after sleeping with Shayla in Season 1, Episode 1, Elliot looks at his phone, which shows that it's Friday, October 23rd. Uh, the fact that it's Friday clues us into the fact that the year is 2015. It seemed inconsequential at the time, but we now know this scene takes place after the 5-9 hack, uh, after the 9-29 attack, and after last week's episode, which took place on October 21st, 2015. So now that the storyline is about up to this point, is Ismail going to if, uh, give us some payoff on the what the hell this is all about? I didn't even know about this. 
So I've this is something I've been reading in the background, but there is a lot of weird time discrepancies. There are dates that are shifted off by one, like they establish it's a Wednesday, but in the actual 2015, it should be a Thursday. Um, yeah. There are senses like this where Elliot looks down and sees a date which purports to be from the future, and I don't think at this point you can write them all off as production errors. Uh, especially, you know, on this show. Mm -hmm. uh, there's instances where a lot of people, there was uh, early on in the season, people thought that they were playing with uh, the idea that that's a common programmer mistake to make, that you're using a zero indexed array, and the, the, you think you're using right. a, but, but you think that, like, the, the first of something is a one. Well, when you're talking about arrays and stuff, it's often a zero. So, like, they're playing with the idea that, somebody has made a fundamental mistake at that level. Like you've, you're, you're using a zero index instead of a one indexed. Um, but there's also now that we've got this kind of a naked allusions to manipulation of time, the idea that we are actually that that's just like Angela kind of did that weird time jitter when she visited her lawyer last season, um, that we're actually seeing this, that we're going to understand this is evidence of actual time being manipulated. Mm -hmm. But there is absolutely no, I don't think, defining proof either way what this is. No, and every time they have characters mention it uh, overtly, they're characters like Angela. Right. Who have clearly lost their mind. Uh, we can't take anything Angela says at face value not about, anymore. oh, I'm not taking like... your CD this time. Right. So, the other thing yeah, is... I don't know, man. I'm waiting for some kind of reveal on that. The other thing is if it is a production error and they are all off by one, that's like someone just at some point, the, the person that keeps the dates are off by one, that that could actually mean that this was in 2014, which then doesn't introduce any time issues at all. <laughs> okay. But again, with this, but that gets you in trouble because like I remember making that argument about like True Detective. Like there was, you know, the spiral drawings on these kids' walls, and there was a lot of stuff right. that's like a, like a Lovecraftian imagery. And season one of True Detective was a lot about kind of like this Southern fried Gothic Lovecraftian themes. And it turns out, in an interview with the set director, he's like, "Oh, those were literally just drawings my kid made, and I brought them in because they were the same age." And and a lot of people have made the same excuse. And well, this is such a carefully thought and, and tightly plotted show that it can't yeah. be by. It can. It absolutely can be. Mm -hmm. But I it doesn't feel like it because it's just too pervasive. It's not a it's not a single isolated thing. It's like a it's right. a thing they're doing. So if anyone has any better ideas than that, like let me know. Um and also post it on Reddit. Get some karma for yourself. Anna, when we first learned that someone wealthy was covering Angela's mom's medical bills, my mind immediately went to Price, not White Rose, and I didn't know why. But I even changed my mind after listening to your coverage and your take about it uh, perhaps being White Rose. But during this flashback in this week's episode, it looked like Price recognized <laughs> Angela. Shit. Given the striking resemblance between Angela and her mother, I'm uh, back to thinking Price has some sort of relationship with her all those years ago. Thoughts? Uh, that could explain the weird reaction he has to her. Let me have. Let me give you another take. Joe M. Related is Philip Price's Angela's dad. <laughs> As I was watching yeah, this episode, uh, it began with Philip seeing Angela for the first time. Yada yada. Uh, what I would describe as a, Hugh, a John Hughes romantic score in the background with him looking at her with puppy dog eyes and demanding to all safe take over to count. Mm -hmm. uh, the ages work out, or at least he may have been in his 40s and Angela's mom in her 30s when the affair happened. She got a call from dad, and we assume it to be dad from season one slash two, but what if it's Philip? 
<laughs> oh, the phone. The phone call that says dad is from Philip. Oh, Jesus. I don't know about that. What does that her seems, dad think about that? That seems like a pretty risky thing to do. Yeah. Ah. Uh, do you, okay. I mean, it's possible. Hold a gun to your head. Do you think he's her real biological father? No. But there is something there. Yeah. There's something there because White Rose found that vulnerability and it hit home. With the the odd fascination he had with her last year, and then the scene like yeah. I, I don't I don't know what it is. But the really creepy nature of of his interactions with her last scene or last season rather, it tells me it's not a father daughter thing because he was far too creepy and like sexual with her i, I hate to tell you but there are there are fathers out there who are that creepy and sexual with their daughters i guess i philip did not strike me as a creepy sexual daughter predator but because he's just a rich above the he's laws got, he's society got larger asshole, larger but... concerns than fucking his own daughter but I may maybe I'm wrong about that, but that I was not where my head went. Maybe every because rich I don't and powerful up. person that's fucking their daughter or underage child probably has larger concerns they could be, and yet they do. Probably. So yeah, I mean maybe that's just not where my head goes. I'm playing that's... devil's advocate because I don't I don't buy it either. Yeah, it seems a little too Star Warsy almost. I don't know. Um, it's it's not on my radar as him being her father. Like but there's, there's a lot of theories. It's of not like, impossible. Like. Have you read some of the weirder theories about uh, uh, Tyrell's child being Elliot, a time-shifted, like, Elliot fetus? Or, like, there's some really out there I have, parental all theories. of those seem ridiculous to me. Right. But... There's, like I said, there's some... I, I, I won't put this under the ridiculous category because there's definitely something there there. Yeah. I don't think it's... I disagree with my partner here, and I think that uh, Philip being creepy towards his daughter would not necessarily be out of character for him because he just is like i mean he's just an amoral fucking creep <laughs> there's a lot of amoral fucking creeps who are not incestuous sexual predators Sir, yeah yeah right right so yeah. uh, uh, my tendency is not to lean that way but that's my tendency and then so. like i said there's been there's been like uh outwardly moral bible thumpers who've been all sure. kinds of raping their daughters so yeah it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. People have the capacity to be monsters. Um, but but now that I've it doesn't heard feel like it to me though. Those theories that some some kind of relationship with his mother and recognizing perhaps a young Angela That's as a grown up Angela yeah, 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 yeah. could potentially be there. And I, I think it's very likely and, and, now that and you bring the it fact up. that like Edward uh Alderson is to White Rose the way Angela's mother was to Philip Price. Like they were working that same angle, okay. two different things for the same goal, and that was his connect. Just, just the yeah. way that, like, I mean, do we say it's like, is it super creepy that White Rose has this fixation and indulgence with Elliot? Um, no, but we've never hypothesized that that's his son or her son, right? But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you take this, like, if you saw the first time White Rose laid eyes on Elliot, I maybe she makes like this kind of shocked or intrigued, like, oh, why this is the, oh, uh-huh, you know, like, and I don't, I, I feel like it's creepy because Philip is an old guy and Angela's a younger woman, and but other than that, yeah. like, if 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 the exact same scene played out and it was Zhang sitting at a conference table seeing Elliot, no one would say it was creepy. 
Well, nobody's hypothesizing the daughter-son connection here either but, with so Rose. Before so I hypothesize, I, I think it's I think it's less creepy if you put it in that context, yeah. but not altogether uncreepy. And also, to be fair, I do feel like the guy who's playing Price is playing a little creepy. He's a little creepy. Yeah. So like, it's not unfair either. I'm just saying, like, just try to imagine the exercise where Chairman or uh, Minister Zhang is seeing Elliot and what, how you'd feel about that because. Sure. They've certainly set these guys up to be this 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 parallel story that's being told in conjunction. So I kind of mm-hmm. think, yeah, that 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 White Rose is is owns the Aldersons, and Philip Price feels like he owns the whatever the Angela's last name family name is. Uh, and then we had V's email, which we already read at the top of the show, and that uh, that concludes our mailbag. Okay. If you'd like to send more, send it to robot at baldmove.com. Don't forget, we also have a rollicking forum thread uh, where you can discuss the show each week with your fellow fans. Uh, and don't forget all the stuff we do at baldmove.com. And you can keep up with us on social media, such as Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at or slash baldmove. Uh, one more week to go. Yeah, I think we'll, finale next week. It feels like we'll get a lot... Maybe it's just wishful thinking, a hopeful feeling, but I feel like we're going to get a lot of answers because the other thing is with three seasons out of four, maybe five, if you don't start asking que- if you don't start answering questions, then yeah, you start talking about X Files and Lost and and the perils of shows that just continue to double down on the bigger questions and never actually get around to answering any. Yep. So we'll see. A lot much depends on next week's red wheelbarrow of an episode indeed all right we will talk to you then until then i'm aaron and i'm jim see ya